Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Can I have an amen? Amen. I believe that the Lord is showing us what is valuable. Hallelujah. And um, like I said some time ago, maybe people living at Aquitia may have taken some stones and used them in their catapult, only later to find out that those stones were diamonds. Amen. And when they discovered that those stones were diamonds, they, those stones had some value, and that if they were able to sell them, they would have a lot of money. And uh, sometimes we have very valuable things with us. We don't know how valuable they are. And then we just discard them. We throw them away. Only to find that they are very, very, very important to our lives. How many understand what I'm talking about? Wonderful. So the Lord is leading us to study and learn about things that are valuable. What God has told us is important. Amen. Not what you necessarily think is important, but what the Lord thinks is important, amen, is valuable. And so we began by sharing what's the first valuable thing? Pardon? Money. I started with money because I know that as I go on talking, you may get the impression that money is not important or money is not valuable. But money is very, very valuable and important, amen. The Bible tells us that money answers all things many things work because of money this is not my idea i don't have any ideas of my own i have only the ideas that are in the bible hallelujah bible tells us that money is very important and many marital quarrels many problems you know all over the world they are all related to money the bible says money is the the love of money is the root of all evil So many, many things are related to money and the lack of money or the love of money. And so God is telling us that money is important. So let us strive in this life to be successful and to have enough money. Because without enough money, if we didn't have money, we couldn't be here. As a church, we may may be in some classroom somewhere, but it's because God has blessed us to have enough money. That's why we've been able to acquire this place. This place costs a lot of money for us to be here. Pastor Kobe, is that not the case? Yes. So, we are here and we have been able to come this far. You know, one of the reasons is because God has blessed us with a little money to do what we are doing. So, money is important. You must believe God to buy a car in your life. Tell to somebody, say, I will have a car. Don't condemn yourself and say that I am the type who will always take omnibus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You must believe God to build a house in your lifetime. You must believe God to build a house. You build your house in your lifetime. Believe God that you move out of the situation that you are in to build a house. Because it is the will of God. Bible says that when the, the midwives who were supposed to kill all the Israelite children, they did not kill those children 
The Bible says that God built houses for them. When you go home, go and read it. God built houses for them. One of the rewards that God has for his people is that he built houses for them. Amen. Amen. So believe God, money is important, money is valuable. What's the next valuable thing we talked about? A good name. A good name is very important. A good name is better than riches. It's better than ointment. Proverbs 22, verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1. A good name is better. Hallelujah. And, and you, you develop a good name over the years. And God should help us as a church to have a good name. You must have a good name. There are people that, you know, sometimes somebody wants to marry someone. I remember some time ago, somebody wants to marry someone. And you maybe cannot say anything good about the person. Because the person does not have a good name. Or sometimes even the person has a bad name. And, and, and sometimes if you had had a good name, it would have maybe earned you a husband or a wife. Because I believe, I know, not that I believe, I know that many men would not like to, although they would like to sleep with you before they marry, when they are going to marry, they would not like to marry somebody who has been everywhere. When you go to this place, oh, this is the, the one at, uh, what do you call it? From that place. This is the one from here. This is the one from... No! How many brothers would like that? How many brothers don't like that? Christian brothers. Look at them. They don't like that. You know? So when it comes to that... So uh, as a Christian sister, you need a good reputation. Hallelujah. You don't need a reputation that I, I was once this person's girlfriend. After that, I was this one. After that, this. After that, that. This minister of state. This uh, so-and-so has slept, slept with me. This one took me to London. You don't need that. Because one day is going to fight against you. As a church, we don't need a bad name. We don't want to be associated with certain things. Hallelujah. But as I said, as a minister or as a church, you will always have both a good name and a bad name, depending on where you walk to. Hallelujah. Those, the enemies of the cross, the enemies of Christ, always have something negative to say. That's why Jesus Christ was crucified. No matter how good you are, there will be people who will say negative things about you. They said about Jesus that he was going to use magic to destroy the temple in three days. They said he was a blasphemer. They said he said he was God. And so they killed him. Alright? So, a good name is very important. Tell to somebody and ask the person, do you have a good name? Wonderful. The next thing is what? That is very important. This one, and now these valuable things I'm talking about, they are more valuable than money. And you see that the Bible tells us that. What is the next one? A good wife. Bible says her price, the price of a good wife is more than rubies. Amen. Amen. And I mean, it's really true. Bible says she will do her husband no harm. How many can remember that? We talked about all that, and we don't have time. We've talked about a good wife over a long period. And so, believe God if you are a lady to be a good wife. And if you are a wife already, be a good wife. And if you are a man and you are looking for a woman to marry, do not just get up and marry somebody because of her nice face. Because when a woman is doing you evil at home or in your life, there is no escape. It's only God who can save you. Hallelujah. So have a good wife, be a good wife. Today we want to move on to the next valuable thing 
Hallelujah. That is very important. Now, the next one is good relationships. Good relationships. Turn your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 5. More valuable than money, than money. I have come to see that there are certain relationships that are more important than money. Physical money. Second Kings chapter 5. Do you remember the story of Elisha the king? You remember when he went along and he, pre- he, he ministered healing to the king Naaman? And then the king was healed of his leprosy. Do you remember? Now there was one assistant pastor in Elisha's church. Hallelujah. Do you remember his name? What is his name? Gehazi. And this pastor Gehazi was surprised that Reverend Elisha had not taken an offering after ministering under the power of the Holy Ghost. How many can remember that story? He was surprised that, you know, there was no exchange of money. He was surprised that the man had not stretched out his hand to take money. He was surprised that he had done what he had done and he had not put a price on it and had not said that give some money. This is a time to exchange money. He was very surprised. And so, Gehazi decided to trick the man of God. And so when Naaman the Syrian, who had been healed of his leprosy, was going home, the Bible tells us that Gehazi secretly left the house, ran after the king, and told him a lie. And I want us to read verse 20. I want to tell you there are some things that are more important than money. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said, he was an assistant pastor, but in those days they called them servants. Behold, my master has spared Naaman, this Naaman the Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him. Hallelujah. And I will take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, It's all well. And then he said, All is well. But my master has sent me saying, You see, people sometimes use somebody's name. And you, you cause problems that way. He said, My master has sent me saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And I want you to notice verse 3, and I want you to underline the, just the first line in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 23. It says, And Naaman said, Be content. Take two. (laughs) 
I want you to see that the man himself saw that the man was a greedy man. And that even he, he, he wanted, he, he was so discontent and he wanted something. So he himself advised and said, be content. Be content. Take two. He said, no, just give us one. No, be content. Have two. He himself saw that there was something wrong with this man. Take two. Underline it. Take two. Be content. Take two. When you see a greedy man, nothing can satisfy him. Even if he had said, take three. He said, be content. Take two. And he asked him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two servants and they bear them before him. And when they came to the tower, he took them from off their hand and bestowed them in the house and he let the men go and they departed. And he went in. And stood before his master, and Elijah said unto him, Whence comest thou, Pastor Gehazi? Did you go on visitation? Did you go to visit some of the church members? Or are you from a prayer meeting? How are things? Uh, what is happening in the church? And he said, Oh, thy servant went no whither. That means I was just around. But you couldn't see me, I was just around. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money? Underline that part. Is it a time to receive money? There are times you are not supposed to receive money. There are times when something else is more important than money. And money must not pass hands. I'm talking about things that are even more valuable than money. There are times when you shouldn't take money there are times you should do things without collecting money. Because the, the, there is something that is more important than money at that time. He said, is it a time to receive money? The answer is what? No! It means that this is not a time to take money. There are times you don't take money. There is something else more important. And he said, is it a time to receive money? To receive garments and oliviers and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? The leprosy thereof of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. I want you to understand that that was a day when there was something else that is more or was more important than money. Some of us do not know how to do anything without collecting money. Amen. Some of us don't know that there are times that the relationship is better than the money. And the relationship will, will be better for you and in your interest than any money that the person will give you at that time. And I notice sometimes you see that people don't know that. And I want you to understand that, look, the Bible is teaching us something that there are some things that are more important than money. One time, a certain man did something, I did something for the person, and the person sent me a lot of money. I mean, in other words, paying for, paying for what I had done. And I sent the money back to him. And I said, no, 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 no. You see, when you start to collect money from somebody, you have entered into a new type of relationship with the person. That is different from when you do something and you bless the person. 
And so there are times that you don't say that. It was a sin. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not, I, I don't have that relationship. Why do you want to pay me? I don't, I don't, I, what, I'm, what I'm doing or whatever service it is, it's not something that we collect money for. I, I am not going to collect money for. I send the money back to him. A lot of money. I send the money back to him. No. Is it the time to receive money? There are times you don't receive money. People don't know. I tell you, there are times you ought to do things to be a blessing. Sometimes you are doing something for a man of God. Sometimes you ought to know in your heart. Sometimes you are collecting 2,000 CDs or 5,000 CDs. You don't know that this, sometimes this is a time that is not a time to receive money. But it's a time to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Not that the man of God needs it. In our church, we don't believe that anybody should be underpaid. We, we don't have any need. When I come to us, I don't need your sardines. Do I need your sardines? I don't need your mackerel. Pastor John, if you need somebody's milk, we don't need your gary and your sugar. No. But there are times that it's not a time to receive money. There's something more important than receiving money. The Gehazis of today, full of greed, knowing that everything is money, and there must be money, and you must be paid. Those are the Gehazis of today. Sometimes pastors. There are, t- there are church services we shouldn't take offerings. If you notice that time when we have uh, all night, like every, every night, we don't take offerings. Have you noticed? You've not noticed? Those of you who don't come, you first service, first service, but you people come for Sometimes you notice that night after night, we do not, we do not take offerings. There are times that you don't take offerings. But there are times you take offerings, and we take offerings when we must take offerings. Oh, that one too, we shouldn't take. <laughs> we don't think we'll stop. We have to stop. We have to dismiss everybody and stop the whole church. But there are times that you must not receive money. You must rather value the friendship, the relationship, because that relationship may be what will keep you. I remember some years ago when my father was arrested by by who was arrested by who was he arrested by? He was arrested by them. When you go to the police, they, why was he arrested? We don't know. Go here, we don't know. He's just arrested. You go here, you don't know. He's just arrested. You go here, he's just arrested. Why? I was in Takrady when they called me and told me that he has been arrested. He was surrounded, police, armored cars, and so on, or whatever, carried from his office into, into the prison. Ah, what has he done? During those times, I began to see the importance of knowing people and knowing certain people and having certain relationships. And you know that, no, it's not by money. Because at a certain point, it is even by who you know. Is there anybody who understands what I'm talking about here this morning? Sometimes to get into the university, you see somebody who has got grades. E.E. Sab. Do you know Sab? Have you heard of Sab? E.E. Sab. Or E.E.E. He's learning engineering at tech. And you, you had CCD. And you are learning drama. Do you know drama? How come this man is learning engineering? 
It's not by might. <laughs> Sometimes, the relationship that you have with somebody may be what to say. And can you imagine your whole education? I know, how many know of people who have entered the university that you know that somehow it's by the grace of somebody that they entered? I mean, how many, how many know about that? It's very common. And sometimes you wonder, it's like, it's just, you wonder how the person was able to get, and that is your whole life. Oh. Cal calculate how much maybe you would have charged the person 20,000 CDs or 10,000. Now, through that you have gone to school or your child has gone to school and has been educated. And all the money that he's ever going to earn for the years and the rest of his life, is this the time to receive money? There are times you don't receive money. Sometimes your relationship with somebody. And so sometimes I wonder, why is it that sometimes somebody you have had a relationship for, with for a long time, you will allow something small to get up and destroy the relationship forever? I don't believe in that. If you have a relationship, whoever the person is, don't discard the person. That person may be important to you one day. I believe in that. And so sometimes you wonder, ah, why do Christians sometimes just get so angry with each other or with people and it's like as if you never meet the person again, as if you never see the person again. Sometimes that thing will be more important than anything else to you one day. Do not, sometimes we as Christians, I don't know, we, we want to quarrel. Why do you quarrel? And we quarrel eternally, even to don't come to my funeral. Have you heard somebody saying that before? Don't come to my funeral. Why? I know a certain man who quarreled so much with another man. When it got to a certain point, it was the same man who took him to the hospital. Paid all his hospital bills. Organized the hospital for him. The person who he had cursed and told him, it was that same person. He was the one who had to do it. Let us keep the relationships that God... Don't be a modern-day Gehazi. New Testament Gehazis. Everything, there must be some money. That will be, No, there are some things that are more important than money. And value it today. Hallelujah. How many do we have now? Number one is what? Money. Number two is what? A good name. Number three is what? A good wife. Number four is what? I can't hear you. A good relationship. Number six. Number five. The reproach of Christ. The reproach of Christ is the next important thing. Hebrews chapter 11. Please, with me. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, I want us to read from verse 24. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. It's a very important scripture. I want you to take note of it says by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God have you found it Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 I'm now on verse 25 choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God we are talking about things that are more important than money than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Notice verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had recompense, respect unto the recompense of the reward. Notice there. He said that the reproach of Christ 
was greater riches. Amen. amen. Can I have an amen? amen? The reproach of Christ. What is the reproach of Christ? What is the reproach of Christ? Pastor Mina. The shame that comes with being a Christian. For me, the shame that comes with being a pastor, if you call it shame. Shame in quotes, because it's not, a, it's not a shame. It's the highest calling. It's higher than any other calling to serve God. But there's a certain reproach. The certain reproach of being... People don't want to be associated with, with Christ. And God is saying that it's more important than money. Moses chose to suffer than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches. I want you to understand that if you are going through anything because of Christ, it's worth it. How many have gone through something because of Christ? Sometimes because you are principled. Sometimes because you are doing the right thing, you suffer. Sometimes maybe working at a certain place, everybody is crooked. And you don't want to be crooked. In fact, that was one of the reasons I said that this college boy, I cannot work there. Not one of the reasons. I mean, but I, even if I had not been into the, gone into the ministry, I couldn't work at Kolebu. Personally. When I look at the, the way the place runs, I say, oh no. As a doctor, uh, if you work at the mortuary, you, you, as a doctor, not, I mean, not even the, the watchman or something, but people will give you money to keep their bodies in the fridge. Every day, when you, if you, somebody dies, you know, so you have to go and visit the dead person. Daily, as if the person is alive. To ensure that he's in the fridge. And then, and then doctors, not, I mean, not, 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 not anything lower. The highest grade in the medical area, they will, they will sometimes be collecting money. To, to do that, I say, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't think I can do this. Working sometimes certain things that you must not do, but it's like you are being forced to do them. Sometimes people don't want to just go through a little shame. Just so that you identify, okay, this is the way that I, I, I go. This is the way that I'm doing it. This, I'm not going to bend that way. This is the right thing. I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. Maybe you are not married and you are believing God to get married. And it's like, ah, you are 32 years old. And there's no husband. And it's like, as if it's a shame. People ask you, hey, but when are you getting married? When are you getting married? When are you getting married? And unbelievers are coming. They say, ah, I will take you to America. I will take you to Canada. I will take you to Toronto. Why do you laugh when I said Toronto? I'm taking you to all these places. You know, and so, and just because of Christ, you decide, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the right thing. Bible says, Moses said it's greater riches than money. Some people marry because of money. You see that the woman has got money. I know a certain man who married a lady because he had got, he had got money. One day, when he came from work, the wife had thrown out all the things that he brought to the house. The wall clock and one or two other things. Everything else, she's the one who brought it to the house. Sometimes you wonder, why are you doing something? Are you doing it because of money? No. Decide to do what is right and go through the shame. These days, when I go through certain things, I know that it's good for me. Sometimes when people insult me, I say, ah, praise the Lord. Yesterday I was talking to someone who is being insulted for Christ, I mean, for Christ or for doing the right thing. And I thought to myself, it's good. It's good. It's greater riches. Amen.
there's blessing. How many know that nothing, all that we do on this earth, we are going to be rewarded for it? Somebody is being insulted for Christ. Do you think that you and that person, you that you have never been insulted for Christ? People are rather praising you that, oh, I like this brother, the way his Christianity is. He listens to the type of music that we listen to. Oh, this guy is not like you. He's not so stiff. Unbelievers are praising you. What to you? I say, what to you? Bible says, what to you when all men speak well of you? But blessed are you when they persecute you for Christ's sake. I want you to know that suffering for Christ. I know that, look, since I became a pastor, or since I even I became a Christian, I've suffered for what I believe in. When I first became a Christian, I started going to a church like this one. Huh. My house. I said, what am I doing? My sisters. My father, my mother. What are you talking about? What, 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 what are you saying? Church? What church is that? When I was getting married, I said, I want to get married in my church. My father sat in front of the gate and called me also to come and sit there where people were passing. Then he would just call somebody who was walking by and say, come. Do you know me? He said, this is my son. He says he wants to get married in what? Candlelight or torchlight. What was the name of the church? He called a certain accountant who was passing, called the accountant to come and sit. I said, eh? He said, look at my son. I'm the patron of the choir. And, 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 and my, 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 uh, his father-in-law is also a very big man in his church. And he said, what's the name of the church? Traffic light. <laughs> I said, no, even ordinary Sunday, I don't go to that church. How much the day that I'm getting married? I have to be the first person to marry in this church. Otherwise, nobody would like to marry in the church. Do you know that? Oh, you don't know that? Yeah, because a church becomes a church when people start to get married in it. What if you like start a church and you'll find out? you just start a church and see. When people are not married in the church, it's not a church. One of the main cardinal features of a church that is a real church is that people get married in it. But sometimes we have to go through shame. I remember certain things that our parents would have done for us when we were getting married. They didn't do it for us. Said, ah, you say you want to do this. Okay. We were there. During the reception, so we're seeing certain shortages and certain things. Say, oh, we, our fathers are rich. Look at us. The drinks got finished at a point. We just look and say, oh. We would organize the reception. They said, oh, these people, the people will stay here. Then they're outside, the overflow. Your church people, they, they are the overflow. They will be outside. Oh, what is overflow? Do you understand when I say overflow? We went through all those things. But at the end of it all, these are the same people who are now encouraging us that we are doing the right thing, that they are very impressed. My, my father-in-law was telling me recently, he said, oh, in fact, they're discussing you at uh, Methodist Church. That this, this, this. So he came here to see what we do. He said, oh, in fact, when he left, he said, oh, he has seen our secret. After church, we, every day we invite people to come forward. That is one of the secrets of Lighthouse. <laughs> but you have to go through the reproach. And some of you are not prepared to suffer shame for Christ. Number one is what? Number two is what? A good name. Number three is what? Number four is what? Good relationships. How many have good relationships? Good. Number six is what? 
the reproach of Christ. Number seven, number six, is the house of God, the church. Turn your Bible to Psalm 84 and verse 10. Psalm 84. How many know that this church is very precious? People don't know. And that's why we are preaching about these things, so that you value what you have. Psalm 84. And we are going to read from verse 10. I like verse 11. It says, The Lord is the God of the Son and the Shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. But verse 10 is the, the verse we are looking for. It says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Underline that verse, please. Underline that verse. Hallelujah. I had rather, 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 rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. How many of you know that it's better to be in the house of the Lord than to be anywhere else? People don't know. And I want you to know that your church is the house of the Lord. When we gather together, we, are, we form the house of the Lord. Amen. Agama, help me please. The church of the Lord is the house of God. And I want you to know that the church is more important amen to you than any other tent of wickedness and in fact the man said that i would rather be a doorkeeper a doorkeeper in the house of god than to live somewhere that means that he would he would rather you know at another point he said he would like to all i would like to do is to dwell in the house of the lord forever i want you to understand that the church of the lord the house of the lord very gently please it's so important to you and to me it's more important than any silver and any gold but you don't know you see you know something you know we don't value something sometimes when we don't pay for it or maybe when you can't see that this is what the church does for me but there is an invisible presence hallelujah an effect of the church and the existence of the church how many are aware of that and you know, some people think that, oh, that's what church, what, 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 what does the church, maybe your boss and your workplace, you know, every month they give you 60,000. So, ah, it's very important to me. But the church, when you come, we don't give you money, but you rather may give some money. So it's like, oh, it's nothing. But I want you to understand that the church of God is a very valuable thing to you. The church, the house. Some of us, we are building this church it's a great blessing to all of us. Bible said Jesus went into the temple. Bible, as it was his custom, on the Sabbath day he went to church. On the Sabbath day he got up and he went to the synagogue. That was the custom of our master. Maybe it's not your custom, but God is saying it must be your custom. If Jesus Christ went to church on Sunday, you must also go to church on Sunday. It is what we must do. Because this is what the Lord wants us to have. And it is very important, Clara. Do you understand? It's, it's more important than your work. The house of the Lord. 
Imaris, do you believe it? That the church of God, the house of God. What's your name? Huh? Bernice, the house of the Lord is more important than NTC. You, you rather be, would you rather be a, a doorkeeper here than to be a, a, a nurse at NTC? Yes, you must want to be. That's what the man said. The man said, I would rather be a doorkeeper at Lighthouse than to dwell at NTC. God is telling us today that his house, why is the house of God important? Because that is where God blesses us. Amen. You see, this is the embassy of God on earth, the church. Just as if you go to Liberia now during the war, the U.S. embassy is a place, it's a sanctuary. It's the, it is the part of America that is in Liberia. And if there is a war in Ghana, if the embassies, which are parts of the other parts of the world, which are here, that is where there is going to be some help. That is why after the Liberian War, I began to notice that all the embassies in Ghana have raised their walls. Did you notice? If you like, when you go, you look at all the embassies, you see that they have all raised their walls. I've noticed some certain embassies, they've rebuilt their walls. After the Liberian War, I started to watch. This, this embassy has built the wall, this one has built the wall. They have built, because it's a place that in case of anything, that is where there's going to be help. That's where you can come to and receive some American help or whatever type of help. I want you to understand that this is the embassy of God on earth. This is where God is going to come to you and bless you and help you. I am a man, but God uses men. He doesn't use angels. In fact, that's something we have to grapple with in our mind, that if God is going to bless you, he will bless you through a man. Do you know that Jesus Christ was a man? You know that Jesus Christ was a man. In fact, he was a man. The Bible says he became flesh. So God is going to bless us through a man. You cannot run away from it. Even I have come to realize that God will use a man with all his weaknesses and all his problems. He will use a, just an ordinary man to be a blessing to you in the house of the Lord. So church, I want you to value Lighthouse Chapel International. Don't take it for granted. It's when we lose something that we say, oh, can you imagine if this church, I come tomorrow and I announce to you, dear church, I want to inform you that um, I, I'm tired of the church and um, thank you for everything, but I've decided now to pursue my medical career and um, after all, when I was in medical school, I did very well and I'm a doctor, everybody knows I'm a doctor and I think I've done well since 1989. I've been here. Have, have I not done well? Huh? And so I want to say bye-bye to you. And that I'm going. So whatever you want to do, do it. And in fact, we, we are tired. The whole church, we are tired. They have insulted us and we are tired. What was, what's going to happen next? You, I tell you, you'll be confused. Tell the church, if I remember says that he wants to continue practicing law. He was a good lawyer. He was already going far in the law when he said all that. So, in fact, we have good jobs and so on. So, we want to just live in. You can go anywhere that you want to do, do anything that we shall sell this thing back to any cinema company that we like. Suddenly, you realize that, ah, where will everybody go on Sunday? On Sunday, when you get up, you will say, ah, what am I going to do now? That is how it is when a pastor abandons his job. That is how it is when suddenly there is no church. But it's only when you lose it that you begin to see. If the pastor, if I was to die now, 
then you begin to see you see the value of hey, you see the value of the pastor of the church you say that ah we had something we didn't know what we had till you lose it we've got to value what we have whilst it is with us because God has given us something valuable lift up your right hand to the Lord say I value my church I would rather be in the church of the Lord I would rather be in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness just begin to thank the Lord this morning just thank the Lord thank you father in Jesus name just stand to your feet everybody stand to your feet please hallelujah praise the Lord Jesus thank you father in Jesus name Jesus you're the center of my joy Jesus, you are the center of my joy. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. the center of your life if Jesus is the center of your life I want you to give me a wave Jesus is the center of your life and I want us to sing this song again Jesus you are everything to me Jesus you're the center of my joy oh that's good Help me to value what must be valued. Good relationships, 
name, a good wife. Help me to value, Lord, the thing, the house of God, the reproach of Jesus Christ. Oh, just thank the Lord. Oh, Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, maybe somebody invited you to church, but in your heart you are not born again. When we say born again, maybe you don't even understand it, but today you want to be born again. You want to say, Pastor, I know if I die tomorrow, this afternoon, God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.